0: Welcome back to Demented Cast. I am your host, The Nomad Gamer. Uh, This is finally a full episode, full news episode. We got a lot to talk about. A lot's happened since the last episode. And it's... uh, The gaming world, at least, is looking very interesting. But before we jump into our opening conversations, I am happy and proud to announce... That Dementicast has a new permanent co-host. Uh, he's been on the show twice before. Aaron Perry. Aaron, how are you doing? How's it feel uh, to start that we're gonna start doing this, and you're going to be here with me? Hey,
1: I'm feeling good. I'm actually happy to be here. Ready to talk about all things gaming and everything else. Bro, um, very happy to be here a demented viewpoint on life, and hopefully the the fandom will enjoy my
0: presence here. Yes, yes. Uh, Opening conversations, Uh, we're going to just jump right into it, because I don't have much to go over in my uh, normal spiel, so opening conversations. Uh, I wanted to talk about the fact that Warner Brothers and DC are... Possibly looking at replacing good old Ezra Miller as the Flash for some. Uh, he's he's been wild in, out there in public. He got arrested. I think what was it like a total of three times while he was in Hawaii, all on like assault charges, break uh, breaking and entering. Uh, he's uh, he's been he's been up to some stuff, and uh, it looks like we might have a new Flash soon. Oh, yeah, that
1: boy, um, that boy been wilding. Like, there's been pictures on the Internet of him choking people. I mean, like, he's been running out in these streets like he shook night. And I know that's uh, not a good look for Warner Brothers. I mean, like, Warner Brothers is kind of known for having these problematic characters. And with that, I think. They need to just clean their act because they're about to throw away a bag. And that means um, a lot of the people who are working on the Flash movie or any future projects have to go back in, edit a whole movie, and that costs millions of dollars. And just to make all that money back because one person's stupid actions is one of the many things that DC's got to clean up. Maybe the merger between DC and Discovery might change that. I don't know, but Ezra Miller out here. Wow. Yes. They call him um, Ezra Miller. They call him Mr. Chokes a lot. I don't know why he likes to choke people. Uh, there. Or you know, he's out here like the Tattletail
0: Strangler. There we go. That's better. If you were, if you were in charge of replacing Ezra Miller. Who who would you pick for Barry Allen? Or would you maybe uh go in a different direction? Maybe pick a different flash? Who would you cast? I I probably pick a different
1: flash. I'm thinking of somebody who is young and youthful. Um not Esper Miller, but um Um who's the guy in Whiplash?
0: Hmm... Oh, Miles Teller. All day, just going detail by detail, going I think, like, I love Grant Gustin, and I love the start of that show, at least. Uh, my thoughts on that show have dwindled and changed quite a bit since it first aired. And I, But I love Grant Gustin in that role. However, I just, I don't know if that, he'd be willing to do that, because from what we know is he turned down a multi-season contract with CW, after season 8 just for one season so like it, it feels like he's pretty much done with the show at this point I don't know if he'd want to jump to uh, playing Barry Allen on film as well in the DCEU I think he, uh, I think he's ready to step away and do something different yeah he, he's been playing Flash for almost a decade right? Uh, almost the show started in 2014 so yeah almost it's very close
1: Right. It can be kind of exhausting, and I know fandoms tend to go kind of nuts when it comes to that. But just to look look at it from the actor's perspective. It's kind of like, eh, I mean, I would like to see them evolve in their career. I, I like to see them
0: in some different stuff. Yeah, me too. Like, and especially um with someone like Grant Gustin, who like. A lot of his experience has been on TV, like he was a, he was a Glee kid and uh, he's been on The Flash. But outside of those two things, he's not really branched out and done many different things. And so I definitely i, I would love to see him try to explore and see what else he's capable of, capable of outside of a, a CW show. He uh, he has one I know of, which is the sequel to the T M T remake, and then uh, and then uh, he did Code Eight with his cousin um, Robbie Amell, which was a really good movie. It's got like a weird sci fi like superhero twist in there. It's it's a fun watch. I definitely recommend it. But outside of that, he hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, He has like minor roles. Yeah, a lot of his stuff has been just action. Um, I can't think of... Yeah, it's mostly... Most of his stuff is just him playing action roles, it looks like. He got a little bit of voiceover work with the Vixen show. But mo- yeah, it looks like most of his stuff has just been action and stuff and drama. Some comedy, because he was on New Girl for a while, for a few episodes. He was, he was, he was absolutely hilarious on New Girl when he was there. Uh, he was a giant idiot on that show. <laughs> and a druggie. <laughs> but yeah, uh... I don't really have much else to say about Ezra Miller other than they they need to they need to clean up their act. They need to go to like therapy or something. I don't know if it's like they have mental health sh- mental health issues, they're struggling with some kind of addiction problem or what it is, but they need they need to go away and get that stuff figured out. Cuz they're Yeah, like, I just just take some time, like maybe back away from acting for a little bit, if that's really what you need to do, and just reevaluate yourself and what you, uh, what you going through, because once your, once your mental health is gone, that's it, it, it's, it's bye, there ain't no, there ain't no coming back from being crazy. Yeah, and Britney Spears thing is also a little bit more complicated too, I think. Like between the conservatorship and what her father did to her and being, being so young when you hit that level of fa- fame, I guess. Right, all Right. like, yeah, I remember, like, hearing about her as a child and just being like, oh, she's kind of crazy. She's, she's a little, uh, she's got a couple screws loose. And then, obviously, once I got older and I actually understood what the situation was, you kind of have more sympathy for her. So I hope that if whatever is happening with Ezra Miller, if it's a mental health issue, a substance abuse issue, whatever it is, I hope they get it figured out because this this ain't this ain't the path to go down at all. You 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 had Warner Brothers level money, and you you you're you're just throwing a wedding, but uh. Yeah, outside of like Shazam in the Suicide Squad um, sequel and like Peacemaker, I don't really care that much <laughs> about DC's film universe. It's just so hard to follow. The Flash movie seems interesting, but at the same time, it just seems like a lot, and it seems very confusing. Hollywood Hollywood lives by the motto of fuck around and find out.
1: Yes. As um as another actor found out with uh, putting hands on
0: somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to let you take this one away cuz I at this point it's so long ago I just don't care about this story as much. Yes. Uh so-
1: Smith did was terrible. Chris Rock did was kinda low, low ball. I mean like it, it's kinda sad to see a friendship go to that level. And I mean like that's fine losing jobs, but I mean like people tend to forget of the fuck shit that happened in, in Hollywood with a lot of actors. And I wish the Academy and all these people in Hollywood would go hard. On other actors, like where's the energy for Sean Bean? Where's the energy for Harvey Weinstein? Where's the energy for all these other actors and having to face their consequences? But all these people are saying Will Smith should face the full consequences? Yeah, he should face the consequences, but what about all these other actors? Like who gets to pick and choose?
0: It's also like like we were talking about this last night too and it's like it's one of those things where I just I don't understand why Will Smith has to lose a career over a slapping somebody but Harvey Weinstein gets to you know maintain most of his career after not just alleged but proven sexual assault throughout the years it's just those weird almost kind of double standards but they're not even double standards like it's just Hollywood works very weird and I don't understand it and I think the quote-unquote punishment for Will Smith smacking getting up and smacking him does not fit the crime um, I don't think he should lose out on so much opportunity
1: somebody on live television and oh my god it was kind of well deserved guy got it coming but I mean like I wish people didn't have to pick and choose because this stuff happens a lot I mean like you heard the stories of Clint Eastwood doing that at, at the Oscars but the thing is the cameras weren't focused on it um, John Wayne all these awful stories that happened in Hollywood and that's always a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want
0: to call it a race thing, but a part of me is like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard not, it's hard not to see it that way.
1: good but I mean the backlash I think it's just over the top and like ultimately I hope Will Smith does better I hope that him and Chris Rock actually just talk things over and actually just speak behind the scenes and try to get it together I don't like um, when people that had a history together just beef over, over dumb shit and then we go to our next topic it's-
0: Speaking of dumb shit, this time we're dealing with shit in the corporate and the oh. villain mm. <laughs> Amber Heard. Quote unquote. She's just the villain with the massive capitalized, italicized uh V villain.
1: With a narcissist, Johnny Depp having to deal with infidelity, um, Amber Heard taking advantage because she did take advantage of him, especially with that ice cream story. As set, it, it's sad and it's kind of messed up of how she took pictures of this man at his lowest point rather than just helping him, you know? And yeah. you know, a lot of was like she doesn't owe him anything, but. If it's a cry for help, and you're married to this person, you should support them, you know? But I'm not them, I wasn't there, and the court of public opinion is always something that tends to happen. I just don't know enough. I've been seeing this case, and sometimes it goes from hilarious to extremely sad, and like, every two minutes. Sometimes I can get a chuckle, sometimes I'll be like, damn.
0: Really up. Uh, I think making Johnny sit there and listen to I think it was like a five minute clip of him battling his addiction and uh, talking about self harm I think making him sit there and listen to like five minutes of that was unnecessary and um, really just fucked up on or Herd's legal team's point, and um, yeah, I I'm trying to be careful on what I say because I don't have a lot of nice words, and uh, I don't need to get canceled in the next week, or need some kind of legal action. No, no kind of legal action taken against me for what I say about Amber Heard. But fuck her, like fuck her. <laughs>
1: that but we'll, we, we have yet to see it
0: she hasn't given any sign that she is willing or capable of that change uh yeah. she was she took the stand what all last week and every time every day that she was on that stand uh her body language her demeanor just proves that she doesn't care. She knows that she's lying. And, um, Johnny Depp is not the abusive, out, drunk alcoholic that she tried to paint him as. I mean, this man has one of my favorite lines in any movie as Willy Wonka, where he says, hello, what is it? It's, hello, Star Child. The Earth says hello. It's one of my favorite lines he's ever delivered in his career just because how absolutely fucking hilarious it is hearing him say it. So much so that I actually tell people that from time to time when I see them for the first time during that day and almost nobody has ever uh, actually understood where that's from which is surprising to me. Fun fact. Damn, that transition.
1: Good, you know, and I have waited for a long time for some movies to drop. I waited for Aben to come out for almost twelve years, but Avatar, I guess for me, it just didn't hit the same, you know. And the first Avatar was an okay film for James Cameron. It. it was,
0: uh, I. That was the first trailer that I actually put me to sleep. I never. I understand the level of hype and why the first Avatar did so well back in two thousand nine, and like even watching this trailer, it is impressive um, visually. Like, I don't want anybody to think that I, either of us, don't think that these movies didn't do something absolutely incredible with its visuals and its CGI and mocap, because it James Cameron has done phenomenal with that. But that being said, outside of things like that, and I just, I didn't find the story all that interesting. I didn't find many of the characters in the first movie all that interesting. And it was a lot of just me being so young and seeing this movie going, holy shit, this looks incredible. This is the best CGI I've ever seen in my life. Uh, But outside of that spectacle and that awe phase, I don't care about this universe. I don't care about this world as much. And I just keep finding myself asking the question of: Is this movie going to feel like the wait was worth it in the end? I
1: don't
0: know, because I mean, the wait between Terminator Two and Three was not worth it. No. <laughs> like, I mean... But let's hold on. Let's be honest. It's a little. It's a little hard to follow up T Two. That's one of the greatest sequels. It's, it's Overwatch. The it's... I... Don't the hype. I okay. Uh, I'm gonna rant. I'm gonna rant. <laughs> well, Microsoft is looking for Activision. <laughs> Microsoft. Microsoft was looking for him. Um, when they spent what, like seven point two billion or whatever it was, how much was was the Activision? Oh, oh, I was, I was way off. It was sixty eight point seven billion.
1: So in the animation industry, like, I've heard so many horror stories from there. Hollywood, like, the consequences is very touch and go, and I don't understand what's going on with that. But in terms of the gameplay and how Activision is handling it, I don't see the hype
0: for Overwatch. And Overwatch came out, like, six years ago. That- that's yep. kind of interesting. Uh, right? no, wait, more than that? No, no, it's been 6 years. Okay. Yeah, six years. it was 20 it was 2016. It, um, like, and TBH, um, play it on stream. And I just I don't understand. I and I'm a huge I was a huge Overwatch stan. I played it religiously when it came out. I played it well up to like maybe last year was the first year that I barely touched it and I would really just touch it and jump on and would play my placements in competitive and then probably not touch it until the next season. Um, And so, for me, seeing them go with Overwatch 2 and, and actually seeing the footage of it, I don't understand why this has to be an Overwatch 2 situation and why you can't just make this one massive update. Or, like, you could call this, like, overwatch next and it's again just one massive quality of life update because i've heard that the changes from 6v6 to 5v5 are really nice but outside of that outside of um, the change the change to sound because people have been praising the hell out of the sound design in this game saying it's some of the best they've heard in a video game recently uh, but outside of that, it looks the exact same. Um, yeah, like um, I can't tell. I can't tell the difference visually. They should have made, should have made this Overwatch
1: update instead of this entire Because I wish we had more games that could just constantly update and grow as it goes along. Like we see that with the success of No Man's Sky. Like when I played it recently, it felt like a totally different game. It felt like what it should have been when it first came out. Like there are very few games. I, I think um, World of Warcraft is the only game that constantly
0: updates. All right, fuck that game, though. <laughs> fuck that one. Yeah. Fuck that MMO. The only the only MMO we care about the only MMO we care about on this podcast and I don't even play it, but the only MMO we care about on this podcast is Final Fantasy fourteen. And I don't even play the game. I don't I don't even play the game. <laughs> I don't think it is. I I just... I'm having a really hard time seeing a world in which I think that when this game does finally drop, I'm having a hard time seeing a world in which I think that it was worth it. Because I... Outside of the PvE stuff that we're getting, because everything we've seen and everything I know so far about the PvE stuff Looks really good. It looks really fun. But that's the only really new feature for Overwatch 2. And the main attraction for Overwatch will always be, always and forever be, the PvP. That is always going to be their main attraction. That's always going to be their bread and butter. And when that looks the exact same as what you have currently going on, What have you been doing for the last, what, four years? Has it been like four years or three years since they announced Overwatch 2? So, I don't know. And also, like, Blizzard... Blizzard killed their own game. They killed Overwatch 1. The second they announced Overwatch 2 and announced that... Echo was going to be the final hero introduced into Overwatch 1 until the launch of Overwatch 2 they already shot themselves in the foot that was one of the worst mistakes and I don't see enough people talking about that fact Blizzard, Blizzard, let me in, let me in, let me in on the second beta, by the way. (laughs) No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, if anybody for Blizzard hears this, hook me up with that beta access for your next beta. I want to try it. I want to really see what she did. I want to know for myself, instead of hearing people tell me how good the sound design is in this game. I want to. I want to see and hear for myself. Uh, other than that, I really don't have anything else to say on this movie or on this game. I mean, I'm just a the dude just on the internet, so I don't know. I, don't I, know. Think, <laughs> I think that when Overwatch 2 comes out, I don't think we'll see the same reception that we saw when Overwatch 1 came out. Because when that game came out, there wasn't many games like it. Um, it, it very much was a breath of fresh air in first-person shooters. And spawned a lot of different shooters to use the hero shooter trope. And, like, you have these certain specialists. And um, at least it spawned a lot more companies to actually go in and be like, hey, maybe we should also be doing this. Uh, And it was quite the culture phenomenon when Overwatch 1 came out. Uh, I mean, it was absolutely wild. I still remember, like... Overwatch was everywhere for like its first year to two years. I don't know if we'll see that for this game. (laughs) I mean, the amount of adult content I got from. Uh yeah, some fascinating days. It's why anytime I see a character trending on Twitter, I immediately just go to click it and then I'm like, "Wait, do I want to do this?" Cuz I know what could be lurking behind that trending tab. And so then I'm like, "You know what? I'm good." Uh cuz I I'm I don't need to see no rule 34 shit for animated fictional characters. It's just weird. It's weird. No deep fakes. Come on. (laughs) I mean, today, like they got the dude who played the robot and, uh, uh, beyond, not beyond, but, uh, you know, the the robot game from, um, from the company. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, (laughs) Detroit become human. What do you mean born character? That was that was uh that was Robot Jesus in Detroit become human. He was Robot Jesus. Jesus I don't know. King Do you think do you think with the first beta being out already and had passed now do you think this means that Overwatch 2 could drop in 2022? Like maybe November, December? Or do you think we still got a ways? Yeah. Uh yeah. I don't have much to add on Overwatch Two, other than honestly, what they should have done instead of giving a PvP beta, they should have let people play and get hands-on time with PVE. Um, especially with everything we've known we know so far about PVE, they should have they should be. Getting people access to play that PVE, because that's that's really gonna be the reason you that's gonna be the reason you purchase Overwatch two in the at the end of the day. Cause, um, but speaking about uh, companies ruining and uh, tainting their IPs. I don't even know that that doesn't make sense because I don't know if it's really tainting their IPs. But WB Games is looking to sell off various studios and the IPs, um, and so that's the thing. I when I was looking into it, I didn't find a specific reason why I looked into it. Uh, some of the speculation I have seen was. People were s- claiming that it could have something to do with the WB Discovery Plus merger, and that something about that has them looking at getting rid of and selling off their IP for video games. But it's brought up an interesting conversation online about who, if anybody's going to, who should pick up these uh, studios and. Uh, properties and uh, I need WD Games Studios Especially because, like, well, I just looked it up on, like, what studios WB has, and they have, like, their WB Games New York, Boston, and Montreal Studios, but they also have uh, TT Games that makes all the LEGO games. They have Rocksteady Studios, NetherRealm, Monolith, and Avalanche. And, like, NetherRealm alone, you have a good cash cow there with things like Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Rocksteady best known for the Arkham series like these aren't just small like studios working on small games like they have heavy hitters and if they're really looking at selling off studios and IP this soon after like a merger it just feels strange it doesn't make sense like what what is your What is your game here with selling this off? This article I have here says that Discovery is looking to sell off, um, oh no, okay, it does just say, and their other game game development studios, okay, so yeah, no, it is all of them, they are looking to sell off all of them. Another thing. So, well, there's also, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, and, like, there's people, like, spokespeople for, like, WB Games that are trying to say, like, hey, we're not selling off these studios. And so, like, there's no clear answer on what they're actually doing. And I hope that they don't. I really don't. I really hope they don't sell off these studios to other companies, whether it's Microsoft or Xbox or Microsoft or PlayStation. Um, Just because it seems like a weird move to sell those studios. Especially when they can bring you in such large sums of money. Like Mortal Kombat, no matter what, is going to sell. Those games are going to sell well. Um, Injustice 3, if it ever happens, will sell well. Um, any, Any LEGO game always does well. So... I hope it's not true. I really don't, especially because like one of their studios has Hogwarts Legacy that comes out this year, and that that's been getting a lot of praise since their last reveal. So we'll see. Time will tell.
1: I mean it's a perfect time like there's not a whole lot of games that are juggernauts coming out right now a lot of these studios are taking their time and i mean enough time has passed that we need a new time ball.
0: especially like with how successful apex legends is i think it's time i think i very much do and like i don't think Uh, dropping a new Titanfall is going to hurt one or the other. Like, I don't think you're going to see that big of a dip in Apex numbers, and I don't think you're going to see Titanfall 3 underperform. Uh, Especially since I think a lot of people finally went back to play Titanfall 2, and a lot of people changed their tone towards that game. Uh, And a lot of people understand why that game has such a mass cult following. And so just off this huge success with Apex, I think it's time that Respawn finally make a Titanfall 3. Because...
1: Apex is making a lot of money. It's very popular on Twitch. It's very popular with a lot of audiences. We're just on Apex, but the silence on on Titanfall it, it creates a possibility, but it creates a higher chance of disappointment. So, this year, highly unlikely. Next year, it's a possibility. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not gonna hold my breath, but I'm still waiting on a whole bunch of games that need to come out, and they haven't. I, I still haven't gotten on beyond Good and Evil two slash three question mark.
0: <laughs> and, uh... like,
1: that game for like twenty plus years. Like, I'm still waiting for Darkstar Capcom or Mother Three. Uh, you know, I ain't holding my
0: breath. So, the games we know that Respawn is working on, that they've confirmed, like what kind of games they're working on, are we're getting a Star Wars, a uh, Fallen Order sequel. We know that that was confirmed. Apparently, they have said that, according to this article from IndianExpress.com, dot com. I don't know this website as well, so. Uh, take it with a grain of salt if you want uh, but apparently we have the Fallen Order sequel, a first person shooter in a strategy based game that Respawn is working on uh, it says first person shooter, if that's real if that article is like telling the truth and they have said that they do have a first person shooter they're working on could be Titanfall 3 could be something brand new I hope to God they wouldn't do something brand new before doing a new Titanfall. Because uh, Titanfall 2 has one of the best campaigns in a shooter. It has some of the best movement and gunplay. And there's nothing like calling down a giant behemoth titan. And absolutely stomping over the map and on people. Hopefully it works,
1: but we have yet to see it. And I mean, like maybe, we, maybe we'll get one. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, like as long as we get um, Star Wars: Fallen Order 2, I mean, I'm not complaining. So hey, if we don't get it, I'm fine with it. If we do get
0: and I need every motherfucker to get out, get out their wallet and buy this game. Because I don't think, I don't think people understand why Titanfall kind of went to sleep outside of Apex. Uh, I don't think people understand why that franchise kind of went to sleep. But the second Titanfall underperformed its predecessor, which. For those who don't remember, Titanfall 1 was an Xbox exclusive. And Titanfall 2 under And Titanfall 2 underperformed its predecessor, which was a multi-plat. So this time, I need you all to get out your wallets and go buy that game and support it because Respawn absolutely deserves your money. They're one of the best developers right now in my opinion. I can't think of a single game that has been a miss from them. Like say what you want about Titanfall one, but that Titanfall one's main problem was just it lacked a little bit, a little bit of content. But it was still a good game. It was it was still a great game, regardless. So, respawn. We trust you. Uh, I'll be happy to play anything from you. But eventually, we need a sequel to Titanfall two. It has to happen. But uh, going back to uh, WB News, but more specifically, we got we got our, some more looks at Gotham Knights. It's a the two player co op game from which studio is doing Gotham Knights? It's, uh, yep you, Montreal. Um, it's not the I think it's. Rocksteady, yeah. Rocksteady did the Arkham games. And Montreal's taken this game. And it's a two-player co-op game where you pick from Dick Grayson, Nightwing, Jason Todd, Red Hood, uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, and uh, Tim Drake, Robin. You pick from four, player, four characters. I still don't understand why it's not four players. Doesn't really... Yes. They can the uh the ES4 and
1: Xbox One. But that's an opportunity that they are would miss out. Because a lot of us don't have those uh those uh systems yet.
0: I got my PS5. I'll be playing that shit on PS5. I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> um, no. There's, there's no reason to even own a PS5 right now. But regardless, they did announce today um, that they scrapped the Xbox One and PS4 versions of the game. I do think this is a good step. Um, I know it is unfortunate that there's such a limited supply of next-gen consoles, but it is just one of those things when it comes to technology and generations like this that at some point you do have to be the people to say, hey, we're trying to move forward, we're trying to progress, we're trying to really push this hardware and do what we can with it, and having to go back and develop for the older gen consoles is really going to stagger that development. So as unfortunate it is just because of the state of the world right now with COVID and the chip shortages and the supply chain shortages on the next gen consoles, not many people do have them, but uh, I do think it was the right choice to make, unfortunately. I wish CD Projekt Red would have made this choice with Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch this Gotham Knights gameplay? Yeah, the gameplay looks
1: okay. It's not something that keeps my interest too much. I need to see how the story is. How is the story going to work with Red Hood that you
0: play the mainline RPG? But I mean, there's still well, story that i I believe this takes place in a separate universe. I do believe they did clarify that. Yeah. I do believe they did clarify this is not in the same universe. I don't know about that. Uh, oh, oh, they a game? Uh, I wouldn't say terrible. Like, the game worked. Uh, they did. Let me make sure. Let me make sure before I say this. Okay. No, it wasn't them that did uh, the second. Um, what's it called? Middle Earth game. They did do Batman Arkham City and Arkham uh, Origins. They did do those ones. I thought, yeah, I thought Montreal were the ones that did the Middle Earth games. No, who did those ones? Who did Shadow War? Oh monolith, yeah, yeah, monolith. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I still haven't beat that game because I bought it day one, and I heard about all the uh, all the shit surrounding the final act, and I said, "Oh hell no," nah, and jumped jumped off that game and haven't gone back. But yeah. Uh, as you were saying about the gameplay for Gotham Knights before it derailed us a little. I mean it looks
1: fun. I wonder how uh, co op is gonna work. Is there gonna be puzzle elements? there's so much of the game that hasn't been known and I wonder what what the end game is gonna be in terms of this like is it going to be another Batman game? You know, and I guess I'm feeling
0: you're kind of like hey put put like batman and his like gallery in the toy chest for a little bit like let him sit on the shelf for a while let us miss batman and his characters
1: Warner Brothers. I'm not invited. Maybe they have something with this game that the trailers aren't showing, and hopefully this will turn something. This will be a success. Maybe this will be something amazing. Because did they have delayed this game
0: until next year? Uh, no. This one is coming out in October. As far as we know, it's still slated for October. I think you're thinking of the Suicide squad game that got delayed till next year and that one's the one i'm actually like a lot more excited for um yes and that one i believe roxay did say that one is the one that takes place in the same universe as the arkham series <laughs> get it on PC! <laughs> I mean Warner Brothers, you can sponsor to us and maybe we can get more stuff, you know. <laughs> hey yo, Warner Brothers, cut Cut the check. Cut the check. I I don't think Warner Brothers is going to sponsor us after what you just said and what I'm about to say about Gotham Knights. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to shit on this game. Uh, I will just say that I liked what I saw, but I also didn't like what I saw. I, I'm i somewhere in this like weird gray area with this game right now where I... As much shit as I will talk on Batman online... I do love Batman as a character. I love his Rogue Gallery. I love his... The Bat Family. Um, ever since I was a little kid... I, I absolutely love Batman. He's one of my favorite comic book characters. And specifically... I love Nightwing and Red Hood. Uh, they're two of my favorite Bat Family members. But... Some of the... Animations and everything... Did look very stiff. And when you have a character like Nightwing. Who is very acrobatic. Stiff is not the word you want. When talking about his animations. And his fighting style. Like. And just. Some of it looked a little uninspired. The world looked a little empty. I don't know if that was because. This very much was definitely a like. Procedurally generated. Like this is a demo we're specifically showing. And so. I don't know if this game is supposed to be open world, or it's more linear where you pick missions. But when Nightwing and Red Hood were going around the city, it looked very empty and dull. So I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm still kind of excited for this game, but this didn't do anything to blow me away like I was hoping it would. Especially after not seeing anything or hearing anything on this game for so long, and having it delayed to 2022. And having to wait. There was nothing in here that made me jump out of my seat and go, oh hell yes. Like when we saw Suicide Squad footage. I think it was in December at the Game Awards. Like when we finally saw more footage of that game. Even though we were getting told that it was going to be delayed. Uh, I still absolutely love that footage and I've gone back and rewatched it several times since then because I'm so excited for that game and it looks so good and Gotham Knights just didn't have that same reaction for me and so I'm a little scared and I'm a little skeptical about this game but I'm also still excited because I do want to play as Nightwing because he is the best Robin and I will not take any other um, I won't have anybody debate me on that because it's just right I'm right you're wrong basically Nightwing's the best
1: play just to see how it, feels. Maybe it will change. But of characters, that's
0: that's also hold on that's also a good thing that you you said that and it like brought something in my mind we also don't know how early the build we saw was I didn't think about it until just I didn't think about this until now I don't remember at all during that demo if they said if this so was pre alpha alpha or what so we truly don't know how early that footage was. And a lot of that could have changed by now. Like so... uh, with the characters and like,
1: like, what does it look like on the PS5? Because it seems like that the build that we saw was in the last gen. And I don't mind the last gen stuff, but what does it look like on the PS5? Is it going to push the boundaries? Is it going to be exciting is it going to show the the cast the other cast of batman like they deserve like there's too many question
0: marks on that yeah i definitely you say characters? like
1: you know nightwing's cool but what about red hood um is it gonna have an interesting play style with guns is um tim drake
0: with the stick fighting going to be original enough that come really on like they won't Come on, no, no one cares about Tim Drake. <laughs> I, there, there's at least one person that listened to this episode is gonna be like that motherfucker talking shit on Tim Drake. <laughs> uh, he, I just, I just pissed off at least one, one listener with that stupid joke. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's this left me just wanting to see more, more than giving me something to chew on. It left me going, okay, you put half of half my food on my plate. Where's the rest? Um, hopefully, hopefully they show up at Summer Games Fest around that time with some footage. I mean, that's that goes on for like three weeks. Oh, man. Customization. How is it? is it, like, I am, is it really good or is it insane? I don't want to hear anybody tweet at me and tell me they don't want to play this game because it's too woke or it looks too cartoony. It looks like Fortnite. I don't want to hear any of that shit because, one, I'm a big Saints Row fan. I've always liked Saints Row more than GTA. Um, I also don't think the... Like criticism of Saints Row is just a copycat of GTA is really correct. Maybe like the first game but after the first game I don't think you can really make that criticism. And I've always liked this game. I've always enjoyed it. Despite the flaws of Saints Row 4, I still very much do enjoy that game. It's still very much fun. And uh, they've always had really fun, wacky customization from changing the color of your skin to be Not just white or a dark, darker brown shade, but like you can make your skin color a dark red. Uh, I, one of my playthroughs in Saints Row Four, I created the literal devil. I gave him super deep red skin. He had like slick black hair. He was super muscular. I put on Nolan North's voice and put the auto tune to deeper and i created the devil in saints row and so saints row has always been really good at doing that with this customization however it still was pretty limited you were left with a lot of preset looks um and only being able to change it, those preset looks so much but oh boy this customization like uh you you can truly Truly do whatever you want to your character. Uh it same this new Saints Rose customization, funnily enough, kinda reminds me of the customization in uh uh what's that game? So caliber. How in Soul Calibur you can create literally anything you want. I know I've watched TBH for years and he's talked extensively about how much he loves their customization because he would go in and he could make literal superheroes from DC and so Calibur and it feels very much like that like uh
1: yeah yeah it's more tangible and since you mentioned um cyberpunk earlier like the customization of cyberpunk is like yeah there's a lot of details but i mean is it enough is it too little with um Calibur, caliber and from what we've seen in uh the video customization it, sky's the limit i like that it gives us more choices like we get to play with the body types we even get chest
0: hairs man you can give him like, you can give him a prosthetic arm, like, there's so much you can do, like, they really went all out for this reboot in terms of customization, it's it's really impressive, and I was already, despite what the internet would have you believe about, like, oh, this game doesn't look that great, and blah blah blah, it's I've seen the term woke thrown around when talking about this new Saints Row, um, which I don't agree with. Uh, those jokes and everything that people have said about this game so far, I have to just highly disagree. I am This right now, I think, with the games we know that we're getting for sure this year um, and have concrete uh, release dates, this right now I think is my most anticipated game of the year.
1: Like GTA, it looks like something that can be fun, something that can grow on me over time. I think um, that's what makes Saints Row so fun: is that you can do a lot more things than I guess GTA can. But I mean, it's been a while since I even touched GTA, so maybe this could be a revival of those types of games. It's I'm lucky that we even get to
0: have those things. Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly, after the, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, like, look, like this gun customization, like, there was not this level of gun customization in previous Saints Row games. You, I think it was a lot of preset skins, if I remember correctly, and even Saints Row 4 and 3, you just got preset skins, some fun, like, new looks for it, but they were changing different parts of the color of it, adding decals to their weapons. It it really just, it absolutely impressed me. Like, this was, to go back to Gotham Knights and what we were saying about how it kind of left us wanting more, this was enough. This customization demo that they gave us a couple months ago was enough for me to chew on and bite on until we get more information.
1: seen this one dude use a guitar to blow people up. That's kind of cool. That's the cool factor a lot of these games are missing. Like, is this game cool? Does this game work? Is it, um, is it enough content for me to play it for hours and hours on end? Is it going to be a 20-hour experience? Is it going to be a 40-hour experience? Right. But this trailer so still hard. It gives me enough and it makes me
0: Yeah. Um, It comes out... What was that date? It was... It's August... August 23rd, 2022. Is when the game comes out. I think originally... I, I think originally it was supposed to be February. And they pushed it back. And... I've kind of changed my tune on delays where at this point with delays, you know what, if you're delaying it, you're delaying it for a reason. Just get me a game that works. Give me a game that runs. Give me a game that works. And I'll be happy. Um, I think we get too lost in the sauce when it comes to visuals and video games. And really all that you need for your game to sell well is, is it fun and does it work? Like, is it a fun game is it polished well cool that's all you need like a game a mobile game i found recently smash legends is it's a very basic concept for a video game but like it's fun and it works and i've been spending a lot of time on that game but you were gonna yeah (sighs) <sighs> all right, all right. Apex Legends. My, uh, Overwatch used to be my love hate video game relationship. Now it's Apex Legends. Uh, I, as we previously mentioned, we both really love Titanfall. I love Titanfall too. Uh, Apex is on its 13th season. It's New Legend Newcastle, who is a defender. He's got a shield that he can throw out, and it you can throw it out to a certain point. It'll move to that point, and then you can actually change its direction until either A, it's destroyed, or B, the time runs out. And then his passive is when people go down, he will drag them and revive them. And he also puts out a shield to block front attacks. And then his ultimate is he goes and throws down a large shield that looks almost like a castle structure. So, there's a lot of interesting changes coming to Apex Legends. Uh, I know that they're reworking Ranked, which is a very nice welcome. Uh, the reworking how kills are distributed—if like you do part of the damage and your teammate does part of the damage—how KP gets distributed for those kills. Um, I played a little bit of Newcastle today. He's he's a fun character. He's not bad. Uh, I'm very much interested to know how this shakes up the current meta, if it will at all. Uh, I need a character that's going to stop Gibby, because I hate Gibby so much in this game. But overall, I think he's a fine addition. I don't feel like he's too broken. He's too overpowered. I know that's always everybody's first worry with games like this when they drop new characters: is, oh, they're going to be so broken. They're, they're OP. He doesn't feel OP at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought his. A lot of people were worried with the healer character Lifeline with him being able to drag people and revive them like that at the same time. Uh, earlier, when I was reviving one of my friends when we were playing in I was in Newcastle, it's good. I don't think it overtakes being able to throw down a separate drone as Lifeline to res somebody and then continue shooting. Because, from what I could tell, I wasn't able to shoot because he's dragging with one hand, has a shield up, and you're moving pretty fast. So it doesn't I don't think you can shoot while you're dragging and resing somebody and so you have to have that kind of balance there and I don't think he's gonna completely replace lifeline. But so far, everything I've seen on the new season and played of the new hero, he's very fun. He uh, I'm actually looking forward to going back and trying to learn his kit and get better with him. He seems like a pretty fun legend, and it's just going to be interesting to watch how he resh- shapes the meta. Interesting. <laughs> download download Apex, I'll get you to play with me. I'll, 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 I'll get you there. I'm not good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not good. <laughs> but, uh... You've been on your grind, you've been on your end.
1: Yeah, but I need to play more video games. I just messed
0: up with uh Kirby not my, not my that game to be bad money. Alright. Actually, you know what? I didn't I didn't pick up Kirby yet. I'm gonna I want you to talk about that a little bit. um So would you say because one of the first things that I noticed about the new Kirby game when it was revealed is it had a similar vibe to Super Mario Odyssey, And so the running joke was, "Super Kirby Odyssey." Uh, would you say that it's similar to Super Mario Odyssey?
1: It, it is a level. Like it's a level. It's not like an entire world. It's not overwhelming. It's not like Breath of the Wild. Not an open world. It's just levels. It's fun. There are a lot of secrets. You just go through it. It has a lot of hearts, and it does make you feel overpowered with of the powers. I think one of the powers in that game that you can stop time itself. Uh, you can go in in the game like guts from berserk you can have a giant sword you can be metanite like there's enough gameplay options that can make you overpowered and there's also challenges for those powers too so there's not you know there's not moments It gives you that feeling of being overpowered
0: without being intense, without making you feel
1: bored. And you know what? I I love
0: to take a fun game over a game that makes. You- yes. So, all right, I'll have to eventually pick it up. It's it's one of those games that I wasn't entirely sold on just yet, and uh, I might I might have to pick it up eventually. I still need to get that uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. That's that's the that's the Switch game I want right now. I want I want the Wii Sports days back. We'll have to We'll have to both get Wii Sports and see if there's online multiplayer with it on the Switch and uh get like Studio Henshin involved and do a giant stream of Nintendo Switch sports. Oh yeah. Or or Mario Strikers in June? Oh, uh,
1: Mario Strikers, that's
0: going to be a fun time. Mario Strikers, how long has it been since the last Mario Strikers? Last one, I believe, was on Wii U, because I never got to play it. There was one on the Wii, right? Or was it the GameCube? It was on GameCube Woo. Super Mario so like Super Mario Strikers 2005. I think because I didn't have this game, I think one of my friends had it, and so I only got to play it like two or three times with them. Man,
1: I feel old, man. It's almost
0: twenty years old. Almost twenty years. <laughs> Just glad we didn't have to wait twenty years. Okay, so no, it there was one there was one on the Wii, and that's the one I didn't play. Yeah. I played I played uh Super Mario Strikers. I didn't get to play the one on the Wii. Or vice versa. I don't remember. I was young. I don't remember. I turned I turned twenty five this year and like it like to some people like oh you're only twenty five but like that realization sets in that you're turning twenty five and you're you're getting closer and closer to thirty. I think. <laughs> you an old man. Yeah. Yeah. The the scary part for me this year was uh, realizing that. Um, I graduated high school in 2015, and it is 2022, and I'm closer to my 10-year high school reunion than I am to my graduation, and I don't like that thought at all. 2022 this year has been uh it's gone by like insanely fast that year that year was my my favorite joke I always tell people about 2020 was 2020 was three months in five years all at the same time the goat the king Kendrick Lamar it is his week this week this week belongs to him Yeah. So how much money Lane makes, but boy. they put they put some they put some money back behind this because that deep fake work that they did is absolutely incredible uh it actually <laughs> I had uh when it dropped I brought up the um, music video on one of my monitors and I had looked away from that monitor for a brief second when he was on his own face and then turned back And he had changed the face. And (laughs) I just it took me a minute. Like, it took my brain a minute to process what was going on. Because I turned around and I saw Kendrick's hair, his body, but somebody else's face. And I was like, oh, God, what? (laughs) It turned from OJ to Will Smith to Kanye to... Jesse... Yeah, it was... It was Jesse Smollett. Um, I call him <laughs> uh, Yeah, so we got Jesse, Nipsey, Kanye, OJ, and. uh, uh No, I got Nipsey. Nipsey, OJ, Kanye, Jesse. Will Smith, yes And uh, I haven't actually gotten I haven't listened to it a whole lot So it's kind of hard for me to speak on it this Right now But I've listened to it about two or three times And it's just good to hear Kendrick Again, like new Kendrick music And hear him flow again And uh, He's just such an impressive lyricist And I can't wait yeah.
1: Oh. And it's the one of Marvin Gaye's best songs. Like like I know that whoever at T V E and PG Lane, they put some bread behind it. And this is not I I don't think this is gonna be on the album. I think this is just something that was in his mind and that
0: he was able to get it off his chest. Yeah, normally I don't think he normally puts the heart series on albums. Damn didn't have one. And Pippa Butterfly didn't, and Good Kid Mad City didn't. Pimpa Butterfly is one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Yeah. I listen to it I listen to it regularly. It's my favorite Kendrick album. I think with... I think Dam is... I think Dam is Kendrick at his most vulnerable. Whereas, um, like you were saying with To Pimp a Butterfly, it's more tangible. Like, he's not yet hit that point of being super vulnerable. I think that really came with Dam. And that's why I think it's really interesting to go listen to To Pimp a Butterfly and then right after go listen to Dam. And hear those two very different um sounds <laughs> uh I think uh, uh and, I like that. and as somebody who is a fan
1: and TD their projects have been amazing Not a lot of people have been talking about um a room full of mirrors and that is a dope album money bags I highly recommend it Know, with Punch being at the lead, up, it shows that he's a skilled rapper to the point where I think at times he is better than him. And I know that's blasphemous for a lot of people here, but Punch is, is he is an MC, he is a rapper's rapper. He will rap circles unless it's a uh, or, uh, he loves circles. I do know, that's a whole different conversation, but a uh, room filled marriage is good. Uh, also, I like to note that Kendrick's family tree is very talented. As Like, both of Kendrick's cousins are talented rappers in their own. Baby King. A lot of people don't like Baby King's music, but I like Baby King's music because it's an evolution of Kendrick and all the artists that came before him, and that he is respectful of the culture, and I like that. I like artists that respect the culture that around from. And Nick Grant. On the other side of the underground gate, he can wrap circles around everybody, but I like Nick Grant, too. So it, it's amazing to see Kendrick's influence and his family tree also expanding upon that as well.
0: Yeah. I... <sighs> what, was I talking about? what was I talking about before I went into the I, mean, before... uh, I mean, we were just talking about Kendrick. I think we both just kind of like We we originally put this on here To talk about the hard part 5 But I The reason I don't typically talk about music On this podcast is just I have a very hard time Relaying my thoughts On an album or a project Or a single And so I typically don't talk about it And with this I just I just want to talk about Kendrick Because he's back and we haven't had an album from him since 2018 where we got technically it's a collaboration album with top dog and marvel but really let's be honest the black panther album is a kendrick album at the end of yeah, the day it, it is a kendrick um, curated
1: album and you know I liked it it was it, it matched but um, it but is- Their stuff is forgettable and it it, it becomes to the point where it's not relatable. Hell.
0: There's also... I I was just going to add, like, there's something something to say when, like, an album like The Pimpa Butterfly speaks so profoundly to not just being listened to in 2015, but even now in 2022, and even more so right now. Like that album speaks so heavily, and so there's something to say about Kendrick as an artist when his albums can do that. Like even Good Kid, M.A.D. City is a timeless classic that like I don't think at any point in my life I'm gonna listen to and be like this doesn't fit right with me. Like there's always gonna be something about that album and Pimp in Butterfly that is always going to resonate in some way and that speak i think that speaks volumes especially nowadays in music
1: lot to say on the hard part it was a little bit heavy but I'm glad that somebody is saying it in a more profound way. Cause I don't think a lot of rappers will be as profound as Kendrick and they wear their heart on this.
0: As as our next artist Oh Um I love Ella May so much. She has one of the best voices. Her debut album, her first and self-titled album, came out in twenty eighteen. It was it also she she blew up. She started to blow up in twenty seventeen. Really took off in twenty eighteen, due to songs like "Boot Up" and uh, there was another one that blew up the same time that year. "Trip," "Boot Up," and "Trip." Both blew up and really skyrocketed her to what I think is she is one of the best R and B artists in the in music right now. And she dropped her sophomore album, Hard on My Sleeve. Uh, Aaron's coming in real nice with the transitions today. Uh, did you get a chance to l- listen to this album at all?
1: Mm-hmm. Voice sounded really good in that. I guess that's why I'm saying is that the features, album, Lucky
0: Day, didn't do it for me. This, yeah, this is the first um, R and B album that I feel like this album didn't need features, but Lucky Day was saving grace in terms of features. Yeah, i i would I would agree with that. I don't think she really needed to have features on here. It's cool to see her get features like Roddy Rich mm-hmm. and lucky day on here but um, I think this album could have really could have excelled and shined without them regardless um, I, I also agree that I think some of the standout tracks on here are Not Another Love Song DFMU uh, what is it I believe it's see the problem is I haven't It takes me a while to remember which song exactly is what title because a lot of times I will just put on an album and let it play. And so a lot of times I'll really like a song and won't know what the title is from that album. Break My Heart was really good. Uh, The first track on here, Trying, is really good. Overall, I think this is a very solid album. I think it's a, following up from her 2018 album, I think this, I think she hit, she nailed it. I really do. So it, so it doesn't have a
1: sophomore jeans. so this one is just a nice solid vibe. Is it the vibe of the
0: song? That's to be seen. Like, I, there's no song, I think my thing with this album, and the reason I haven't been so obsessed in a posting about it like I did when I first found her is there's no song in here like trip or boot up. I don't I don't feel going to be a smash
1: that you won't listen to it when you're at a target or people will try to hop on the song to make it their own. it doesn't have that dimension. Right.
0: Like, it's a... I'm using your analogy with, like, going to the movies and watching a sequel. I've always told people what you really want to do in a sequel is you just take what you did before and just, you know, improve on the areas that didn't work as well. And I think that's what she does here. And I think that's what she really did well here was she took what she did before and just... Her production sounds really good, um and uh just improved on some areas and just has a really well-rounded album and it just once again it makes me excited to see what she does next I, I I will agree with that score. I think that's a I think that's a good score. Yeah, and you know, among the stars, you know, there's I guess Saloon doesn't have a beer time, unlike unlike this Saloon for Black Star. Um, no beer time. I didn't get a chance to listen to that, so I don't know if you want to save that for the next episode.
1: The good before I get into the bad. Let me talk about what's good. Unlike the first Black Star album, which came out in 1998, Most Death was starring star in that album. This album, Tyler Kwali, was pulling his weight. With Most Death, or Yas- Yasmin Bay as he's known now, I think this album is Tyler Kwali featuring Most Death. The chemistry that they have before not really there. And for a Mad Lib produced project, the beats, it's futuristic, it's nice, but I don't think that most that should be on these beats. I don't think it complements his flow because this flow, he he sounded very laid back. And I mean, I love laid back artists. I love when they have the slow flow. I love Boley James, and I know Boley James might put people to sleep sometimes. But this album It may be not hold attention enough in terms of most depth. And the worst thing they can have an album that is one. And the best track that is of note is so be it. I mean like there's only one album track that was really good. And like the bars, they were fine. It's I guess like it it, it didn't live up. To get a sequel to Black Star what I got was pretty much the equivalent of Terminator 3 in terms of albums. And I know that a lot of people that love Tyler the and Most Death, this is not an album that we remember. Maybe I'll be wrong. Hopefully I'll be wrong because you know, with the title like No Fear of Time, maybe it will get better multiple lists, <laughs> <laughs> I just like And the first Black Star album, it's amazing. It has gotten better over time, but this album, it, it didn't do it. And I love most of the thats that's what hurts. It hurts my heart to say that. Does feel like that, and whatever Kanye said about this album, saying it's the greatest album since "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" is a lie. Oh my God, Kanye gotta
0: stop lying. Kanye needs, Kanye needs help. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into Kanye stuff.
1: for all its dimensions, but this one was, it was just a slog. So Be It is a good song. Everything else is okay. Tyler Carley, he put his, he he did his absolute best in this album. Tyler Lee's bars are solid. Most steps just drag this project down. And not even a Black Thought verse can save this album. And Black Thought will always elevate
0: You know It does suck That that album's not for you But you know what is probably for you Thor Thor is probably for you Uh We We got our first trailer For Thor Love and Thunder And oh boy Does it give us a lot to bite on And also very little Uh I watched this trailer like three times back to back when it dropped. And uh, just from those opening minute, opening seconds of like young Thor running. And you see, which if you didn't know, that's actually one of Chris Hemsworth's sons as young Thor in the opening shots of the trailer. But we see him running through a montage of different armors. We get to see his classic look with the winged winged helmet and everything and um, just the vibe that I got from this movie was Thor is definitely going through some kind of I don't know can you really say midlife crisis like century crisis yeah where does he fit now after does he wanted to be a king, does he want to be a
1: man? Does he want to be an adventurer? And I guess he's at that spot where you know, a friend has it it's uh,
0: it's very relatable actually, and I think that yes I think I think Kevin Feige I think Kevin Fige would uh, agree with you on that statement about trailers, especially after Multiverse of Madness. Yes, um, and I'm so glad Multiverse of Madness um, didn't show too much
1: because there was. Something-
0: I don't I don't know about that. I think it showed quite a bit. I mean, it, it definitely kept it definitely kept one of the bigger ones secret, but. It did show quite a bit. Yeah, it did show quite a bit. Like, I mean, it wasn't like it didn't
1: ruin the experience for me. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Thor Thor was. Thor. Since uh, Thor 3, I think this one might. What two has never made a dud, from what I know. Uh, I mean, as somebody. Jojo said, Rabbit.
0: Jojo Rabbit is his best movie.
1: Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Um, as somebody who, who is living out his dreams as a filmmaker, I think that's going to be um, Yeah. And also, with the MCU and the whole gods thing, um, how do you feel about it expanding on things like Moon Knight? How do you feel um,
0: that everything connected in terms of that? So
1: cuz it does show pantheons,
0: you know I mean. Yeah, we yeah, Zeus. we yeah, we know Russell Crowe's coming in as Zeus. Uh, we haven't had confirmation on what other Greek gods we'll see from the pantheon. I would imagine, you know, we'll see some big like some well-known gods like Hermes and probably Athena and stuff. I love this so much because one of the things I love about Marvel in general is the way they take Norse mythology and Greek mythology and multiple other ones and meld them into the same universe. Like, oh yeah, no, those stories? Yeah, no, those are those are real in this world. Those stories over there? Yeah, your stories are real too. Yours over there? Yeah, those are real too. And I like that kind of like way to mesh all these different um, mythologies together. Uh, And we get another hint of that in Moon Knight, which we'll get to in a second, with Bost, the panther deity. And so, yeah, no, I I love it. I can't wait. This movie looks like it's just going to be a ton of fun. It looks like it's going to have a lot of heart. Um, I might cry, (laughs) like... Just some of the vibes I was getting for this trailer. There might be tears shed in the theater when I see it. Um, the shot composition in this tra- in this movie. And just some of these scenes. Were absolutely beautiful. Like the one on of Thor on the hill during the sunset. Is just one of my favorite shots in the MCU. It's so pretty. The lighting. The shot. Uh, The tone of just this lone traveler who's fought all of his battles and no longer has a battle to fight. Just sitting down. And the parallels to Thanos in Infinity War are really nice.
1: hope that this movie will deliver on the heart factor, y- you know, on the love, you know, I'd love to see Thor be happy, and Thor deserves it, um, uh, hopefully we'll see what the journey is, and see what everybody's up to, and I think, um, I think it will be great to see Thor be mighty, and get over, get over the tragedy, and just start I guess uh, for me, as a person, I mean, Thor's journey is just so parallel to mine, because with all the losses I experienced in life, I mean, Thor showed me that I can move forward, I can still be great, you know, even all these things have happened, and enough time has passed since those events, I can still be great.
0: Yeah, I I think I think this movie is just I I got way too heavy. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't uh, let's let's uh whew, let's just let's let's get to the end of the trailer at that amazing amazing shot of the fractured but yet whole again millionaire in the air and then flying back and instead of Thor's hand, we finally get our first look at Jane Foster's Mighty Thor. Who... Oh, Lord! Something about a woman in armor. Uh, there's just something about a woman in armor. And uh, I I think she looks great. I think Natalie Portman absolutely looks great in this role. Uh, it's still up in the air on if they're going to follow her storyline through the comics, which... For those who don't know... Jane Foster is going through cancer... and When she becomes the Mighty Thor... Uh, essentially all of her chemo... And everything... Ha- gets... Reset... Basically... When she transforms back into Jane Foster... It's still up in the air if they're going to... Translate that cancer storyline over... But regardless... We have two Thors in this movie. And uh, they both look absolutely stunning and I can't wait to see them side by side. Yeah, I, I hope that this will be this will be an adventure and I, I will be Comes out on my birthday, July eighth. Let's go. Happy birthday to me. Thank you, Taika. Thank you, Taika. The best Disney Plus show. It play out through the show. oh my god this show, so many good uh, from Oscar Isaac's performance to Ethan Hawke to the portrayal of DID and I'll just say this I I don't like to speak a lot on Moon Knight and it's portrayal of DID mostly because I don't know I don't have DID I don't know what it's like to live with DID so a lot of times i try to unless i'm talking about like oscar isaac's performance switching in and out i don't typically like to linger on that topic just because i don't know what it's like to live with it and so um there is people on tiktok there's a girl on tiktok in particular who has the id and actually did several tiktoks talking about it um I'll have to find her TikTok because I'm going to put it in the podcast podcast description so everybody can go check her out. Um, But she just talks about its betrayal and how well they do betraying DID in the show. So shout out to her.
1: Glad that they took extreme care of it, while also showing how trauma works and how it affects people differently. Um, I like that the show implied that Konchu has manipulated this man for a very long time, even before they even officially
0: met. Yeah. That also brings up the question of, like, is Con- was Kantu there with them manipulating, or has Khonshu manipulated Mark's memories? Like, it just brings up that question that, like, I, I honestly, we don't need to ever find out what is, like, what's real. Did those bones actually, like, were they actually there, or did Khonshu mess with Mark's memories? I don't need the answer. I like the mystery of not knowing. It's part of the fun. Of speculating. Well, outside of Oscar
1: Isaac's performance, I really loved Layla. Like she was like a character that took charge, and I like that aspect. Especially the base four
0: projects, the women of the MCU. Mae Calibate. Oh, she she's the she's the new uh she's the new baddie of the MCU. Yes, yeah, she is the new baddie of the MCU. I don't know. I don't know something
1: about that Chris here
0: about. I don't know. Um also the fact that like she got the role of Layla in this show through an Instagram DM. I don't know if you've seen her talk about it in in interviews, but she's talked about it in interviews how like um the creative Direct, the director for or yeah creative director of moon knight's wife reached out to her through Instagram DMs and uh, she was like I don't I don't go on Instagram that well and I was like there's a lot of fake people on Instagram saying hey I'm this person and so she sent it over to her agent and she's like hey is this real and her agent was like I don't know and she went out on the win message back and ended up getting the role and getting cast as Layla,
1: through the DMs do work. Yeah.
0: Uh, Sometimes you just gotta shoot your shot. <laughs> Listen, Aaron, Aaron, I know I know it. I know it I get it. I do. I don't think it I, I think this is one shot you might just want to hold off on. <laughs> I think that's one shot you might want to rethink about taking.
1: You know, I'm not uh Mr.
0: Florence Pew. Florence Pew I like the porky cook show that she has I think that's really nice. Um I like the way it's on Or um Lap Lupita. the L. Lupita? Lupita, Lupita. Haley Steinfeld. All I'll say is, all I'll say is, Haley Steinfeld is number one in the MCU. Uh, the second she joined the MCU as Kate Bishop, it was over for all the other women of the MCU. Um, but, <laughs> instead of sipping, uh, no, one of the things I want to point out too about Moon Knight, and something I love so much about it, is I saw a lot of people bring up that Mark is Jewish in the comics and he's played by Oscar Isaac who is not Jewish and um, whereas I do think this is an important conversation to have about getting more representation that way um, some of the criticism I saw too was not just that Oscar Isaac was playing a Jewish character not being Jewish himself but people saying that they were erasing Mark's Jewish heritage, and I did not see that in this show. Um, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't focus on it per se. But there's very clear shots where they're very clearly shooting so you can see one. His star David necklace. Um, the funeral scene for his brother having the mirrors covered is a true Jewish tradition Um, and then him wearing his yarmulke and then becoming so upset he starts hitting it and then feels this sadness and regret for doing so and so he takes it and pushes it so close to his chest Um, so I do think that there is a conversation to be had about you know getting to a point where we cast Jewish people in those roles but some of the criticism I did see was on the realm of like they believed they were erasing that part of the character which I don't think they would, I don't think that that criticism in particular was warranted I think they did a fine job
1: get more Moon Knight tip because it ends with the opportunity to tell more stories and hopefully um, we get to see more of that because I, I like the fact that it goes in directions that a lot of these other shows will not take and it takes risks and I'm glad it takes risks like like we, we hear um, 60s pop music, um, Egyptian hip hop, Egyptian music at the beginning of an episode I'm, I'm glad that this show takes the necessary risks to make it
0: great yeah absolutely um, I 100% agree that it. Uh, we might be getting more uh, I don't know if you saw Like, there's been a lot of talk because the Marvel account and the Moon Knight account account tweeted out this wednesday catch the series finale and then that tweet was quickly deleted and a new one was put up but this time it said season finale so like obviously we don't have confirmation on whether or not we're getting a season two or we're getting possibly a midnight suns series or movie but uh And he's a he's a franchise guy like so I have no doubt in my mind that he would sign on for a franchise like Moon Knight cuz he's a franchise guy he does a lot of franchises Oh, uh, was, was he? Yes, he was. Sometimes. Other times, not so much. Uh, But yeah, so I think he does... He... Again, once he he shows in this series that like he is one of the best working actors right now. Um, Layla is a fantastic introduction. Ethan Hawke is a pretty chilling villain while at the same time never doing a whole lot. Like... It might just be because it's Ethan Hawke, but when Harrow is on screen most of the time, he does command a certain level of like, dominance when he's on screen. Um, and a certain level of control in the room. And so that was cool. Uh, the last note I will hit on with Moon Knight, otherwise this episode's going to be fucking three hours. Uh, The last note I'll hit on with Moon Knight that I wanted to bring up was how cool it was in the finale episode uh, when Layla is the Scarlet Scarab and the little girl looks at her and and asks her, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she responds with, yes, I am. I thought that was really cool. And another point to hit on that this is why representation matters. And the fact that Layla is a completely original character in the MCU. Like, the net, her full name is a play on another character, but her character is a completely original character. Like, Scarlet Scarab is someone entirely different. In fact, it's a villain in Moon Knight comics. So, the fact that she's playing this original character and is the first Egyptian superhero for the MCU is very big. And I don't feel like people are really talking about that enough.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not enough. So, like, um, it's one of the things that I really enjoy. It's a solid. I'll give it an 8.7. 8.7 out so, like, uh, of nice 10.
0: I hope so. Marvel, if you hear this, Kevin Feige, if you hear this, uh, give us. Give us Midnight Suns. We got our Blade. We got our Doctor Strange. We got our Moon Knight. We, got our Black we Knight. yeah, we got our Black Knight. We have our. We are our Daredevil. We have a Punisher. I'm sure if you called him up, he'd come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would give Moon Knight. I actually already did. It's my pin tweet, but I give Moon Knight a nine out of ten. If you, if you haven't watched this and you just listened to us talk about Moon Knight, I'm so sorry for spoiling things and not telling people. <laughs> I mean, the finale was only last week. <laughs> uh, but last two little items, pretty short items. Um, WB in Discovery merger has happened it's a pretty massive one these two giant entities merging but some interesting things have come out since this happened and somebody at Discovery, someone high up at Discovery has been talking a lot about getting somebody in charge like a Kevin Feige type leader in charge of the DCEU because they feel that the DCEU lacks direction Um, the thing is is that they tried before with Jeff Johns they tried with Jeff Johns and they tried well originally they tried with Zack Snyder and then they tried with Jeff Johns yeah they tried
1: about these characters but everybody else like the people that write these scripts it seems like they don't really care about the characters or they don't know the characters they just
0: watch one episode of Superman the Animated yeah they pick or like they pick up like oh this is a popular run of Wonder Woman let's read that and research a little like outside of a few DC movies it just doesn't have the same heart behind them that I think a lot of the MCU films have. Like, Shazam is one of my favorite DC movies of recent memory. Uh, the Suicide Squad is currently my favorite DC EQ movie. But, like, Birds of Prey, and those are all movies that kind of understand their characters to their core. Um, Shazam does a really good job at understanding, like, this is a superhero movie, and this superhero is a child that turns into this crazy superhero that has the strength of hercules the speed of what is it the speed of achilles or something like I, i can't remember speed of hermes um yeah and so like the it feels like the people behind those movies understood their characters very well and uh played to all their strengths
1: Estimates. Superman should be strive for how we can do better in life. And I don't see that with a lot of these supers. I just see Superman just there. He is there. He's not anybody anybody uh, anybody that sees that. I think it's uh I think that is something that could improve the character if they just stick to the values of the character. And I don't care if people think that's boring. Superman is not meant to be this edge lord. And I guess that's a commentary of how we are as people. I guess people just like edge, I guess, rather than just... just
0: That's a whole other ball. (laughs) yeah that, that'll have to be a cock for another episode uh, yeah, about episode. trying to appeal to the um, edgelords but also appeal to like these are comic book characters so many of them are goofy let them be goofy um, yeah like this is a fun medium um, like one of my favorite things about MC, the MCU's Phase 4 recently is like they've just had fun I I think I saw somebody on Twitter say the other day and like people are agreeing with them that like Phase 4 lacks some kind of direction and whatever I'm like but it has direction but I don't think I think people are used to it all leading to one singular story where It doesn't feel like that's their game anymore. It feels like we're going to have these phases. But within the phases, we're telling maybe two different... Essentially, graphic novels. Like We've gotten our multiverse story. And we've also gotten our story of... These are the new heroes in the world. Because these heroes are no longer with us. We need new heroes. And these are their stories. Like, Shang-Chi is... Arguably the best origin story The MCU has ever gotten It's a damn near Perfect origin story And it served It's purpose Mm -hmm. yeah the marvel formula is not gonna work for everybody like look at the look at the monster universe we were supposed to get they tried to literally go they tried to copy the marvel formula step by step and it was a dumpster fire (laughs) Um, all I was going to add before we move on to the last topic was uh, DC I swear if you cancel this Satana movie I will find you I will find you do not touch Satana. please let her finally be in the limelight like she deserves she is one of the most powerful characters in DC comics let her be in the limelight for once Uh, and yeah that's really all i have left to say on the dc discovery stuff that we've seen just that like stop stop trying to be like marvel don't replicate what marvel's doing because it's not going to work that way you have to find what works for you but first and foremost you have to understand the characters you're writing for And speaking of understanding the characters you are writing for, uh, Netflix is still going forward with Avatar The Last Airbender as a live action series. Um, I still have many thoughts about this show. Uh, Avatar is my favorite show of all time. So I am eyeballing this like a hawk because uh, they need to get this right otherwise I will hate Netflix forever yes and also this is the most
1: news so the budget is they, they, they put a lot of money in the show. Um, I really hope that Avatar Studios and Netflix respect the characters but I mean like if they don't I mean we still have the original series I'm not going to sweat it.
0: the the thing that gives me a little bit of hope in this show is the first the episode lengths like I, it's shorter seasons but the episodes are longer and something kind of interesting is even with that like they still have the same amount of time that book 1 has in it for these episodes so that gives me a little hope meaning that you know We'll have a good amount of time to tell this at least season one story. If not even dragging it out a little bit to flesh out some storylines from the original series. Um, But the other big thing that gives me a little bit of hope is the casting for this show. Casting actors to represent each nation. Um... And both Katara and Aang and Zuko. Um, Like, Daniel Day Kim is playing our Fire Lord Ozai. Like, these casting announcements have been pretty on point so far. And that is... For me, that is the biggest thing to get down in this show. Especially being the second live-action iteration of Avatar. Um, And coming off of the film that we don't speak about that whitewashed the entire cast except for your villain which you made a Middle Eastern man so that's weird um So, I'm glad you brought that up because that's always been my number one question about this when they announced that they were doing live action Avatar and they announced that it was going to be the Last Airbender story was why remake the same story just in live action are you going why remake it if you don't add something to it like what are you going to add to this story and make their reason why you're retelling it Not just in the live action format. But just retell it in general. And some of the changes is like. Instead of the older gentleman. When we go to Kiyoshi Island. That is the mayor of that island. It's going to be Suki's mother. So like those kind of changes. um, Casting Azula already. When she doesn't show up until the very last final minutes of the season one finale like those subtle changes of why are you doing this and is it going to add greater depth to the story that we already know and love like there has to be a reason why you retell this story and if there's not a reason and you don't add anything you don't expand on the pre-existing material I feel like it's kind of a waste of money and you should have maybe told a new story maybe gone back and told Kiyoshi's story or Roku's story or one of the thousands of avatars we've never seen um, shit you could give me a Yang Chen story and i'd be happy although i think Kiyoshi deserves for her story to be told cuz her stories the Kiyoshi books are brutal they're brutal um But yeah Uh I gotta re-listen to him. But uh just some of the Deaths in the books Like um let me see if I can find One Particular Yeah she does um let me see if I can find one of them real quick. There's one that stuck out to me, but it was in the second book, which I haven't finished. I'll have to find it in the next episode. I'll update you. Cause like I said, I gotta reread I gotta I gotta reread the first book. 'Cause I uh, I read it sporadically or I listened to it. I have it on Audible. I listened to it sporadically and so like I went to start the second book and was like I don't remember a lot of the first book. I need to go back. And so I started re listening to it. Um But her story is also like she she's poor. She grows up in the Earth Nation and she's poor and has to fight for herself all the time. Like she has a pretty brutal upbringing. Um, She, um, from what I remember of like the end of the first book, uh, she she's betrayed by the people that she thinks she can trust, and they're trying to kill her. Like she becomes like a deadly assassin before she actually reveals her, like, before she's truly the avatar. Like, she has a pretty brutal backstory, and I would, uh, I would love for her to get her own show. Or even, like, an animated feature for it. And, I mean, you cast... I I might mispronounce the actress's name, but you cast Yvonne Chapman, who's in the CW Kung Fu show, and she does fucking amazing work in that show. So. I just started it recently, and I'm really enjoying it. She plays like a... She plays the villain, and uh, she does really good. Um... The other casting that I really like for the Avatar show is oh God. I'm gonna butcher his name too, but Paul Paul Soon Lee, um, who he's been in the Star Wars universe, but most famously played Oppa on the Canadian sitcom Kim's Convenience, is playing Iroh, and I absolutely love that man, and he's gonna be an absolute blast as Iro. Uh, if you want to get any inkling why they probably picked him for Ira, watch Kim's Convenience, because that'll explain it. But I think I think we both kind of are in the same boat. Would you say about this show? We're both skeptical and we're just eyeballing it very closely and hoping that they can do the original show justice. But uh, we are running at like two and a half hours on this episode. I'm tired of talking. Um, uh, I'm tired of talking. Until next time. Uh, Aaron, what are your closing statements for this episode of Dementicast? Dementicast. Uh, um, yeah I think for my final statements is we are available on anywhere you get your podcasts we're even available on audible uh, Spotify and Apple have rating systems make sure to go over rate us 5 stars it really does help us grow uh, you can follow me on twitter at the nomad gamer it's the same thing across all socials um, I'm on twitch uh, eventually I plan on to posting more video versions of the show on YouTube. Um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media platforms. Follow me there. Um, I have another podcast show called Rewatchcast, where we go back and rewatch all of our favorite old shows. Right now we're doing Arrow. We're going to start posting again after this Saturday, so make sure to follow us there. Um, And you can follow Aaron on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> At... Uh,
1: um, yeah just uh, i'm on his script um over there as well
0: uh yeah Oh, last thing, I want to mention this, uh, James Hung, who is 93 years old, his career spanned six decades, finally got a Hollywood, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, most, most famously, he was just in Everything Everywhere, which I think we're gonna do a separate episode for that movie, because, wow, but, uh. Most famous. Most recently, he was in that movie, and he's ap- he's an absolute delight in that movie. But oh my God, he's ninety three. That man is ninety three. <sighs> protect, protect James Hong at all costs. But congrats to him on finally getting that award. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis showed up to celebrate with him, and Daniel Day Kim. Alright, we're getting too sentimental. This show's gotta end. It's going on too long. Until next time, I'm your host, The Nomad Gamer. Peace.